And we're back with another episode of Double Buffs with your host, myself, Gregory Pantadosi, and my co-host, Cristiano Tacolite. How are we doing today, Cristiano? I'm doing great. The sun is shining outside my window. Um, I'm done with work for today. Things cannot be better. Lost your earbuds? Yep, lost my earbuds, so the sound quality might be a little, uh, let's say, different. Um, We'll see how that sounds in post-production. For better or for worse? Yep. So a lot of stuff happened recently. Um, We had some good series and some medium series last week. But we also found out about the all NALCS pro teams. Starting up in top lane, uh, we have Alfari, followed by Blabber, Perk, Sven, and Core JJ. That is our first LCS all pro team uh, for the 2021 spring splits. Do you agree with this list? Is there anyone you would have liked to see in here? Anyone you think maybe kind of got in just based on past performance and fandom hype? How do you feel about it? I think really the only arguments that I could see being made are in uh, the support position for perhaps Vulcan. He uh, he had some really nasty plays in the last series. And uh, in mid, maybe you can make an argument for Power of Evil, I would say. But um, I think I think top jungle bot are pretty locked in. Maybe you would argue tactical at one point, but he's been looking really shaky. So, I mean, I think the ADC difference between our top three, we have Sven, FBI, and Neo. I thought all three played really well this split. I could see any of them having um, gone to the first all-pro team, but I was pretty surprised to see core jj i thought he had a medium like he's obviously a really good player but i i didn't think he had the greatest of splits i think maybe people are taking into consideration past performance because i think well when i'm comparing him to someone like vulcan vulcan played really well but even last series he had these like wacky engages where he kind of just died against hundred thieves so i could see that as an argument against vulcan sword art i'm not sure but I think one person that didn't make the top three was Aphromu, and I thought he had a really stellar split and was the crux of uh, Dignitas' success, really, being their leader. Yeah, would you put him above maybe Sword Art in that third split? Yeah, I would have considered him for first or second first-team All-Pro as well. You value him very highly. You're always talking well about him every episode. (laughs) Well, it's just like, when you think about most valuable player, right? Mm-hmm. We have three members of Cloud9. Oh, well, I guess this isn't most valuable player. This is first all, all LCS pro team. So I don't know. But I think he's one of the snubs that I could have seen breaking in there. And I also do agree with the perks over um, power of evil argument for the mid lane. Although I think it was close between the two. Yeah, I think ultimately I agree with it as well. Uh, I'm glad to see Neo get in that spot. If you remember last episode, I gave him a little shout out. So we yeah. Got so Neo got got on the third team. Do you want to read off the second and third teams? Yeah. So second, we had Impact in top, Santorin in jungle, Poe in mid, FBI bot, which uh, surprises me a little bit, and then uh, Vulcan in support. And then third, we have Huni in top, Huni Huni Huni. Uh, Dardock Jungle, Jensen Mid, Neo Bot, 
and uh, Sword Art Support. Ah, hmm, those mid lane rankings I feel are all really close. Jensen as well has been having a really good season. Now that I read his name out loud, uh, I have to disagree. I think Jensen's had a very medium season by his standards. I think he's been fine in lane, but he hasn't really converted it into success outside of the laning phase. Maybe I'm uh, I'm a little biased after just watching the shockwaves he was landing in um in the playoffs there. You're definitely biased. You're definitely one of the reasons why he's even on that list at all. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, but at least we got a little bit of dig um, representation here. We have the Dardock and the Neo. But yeah, too bad after maybe your boy can make it on. So you said you were a little surprised about FBI being on the second team. Why is that? I just feel like 100 Thieves has been having such a, a slump, and I don't feel like FBI has been having like a standout performance among the members of the team. So it's weird to me that you put him above above players like even tactical who didn't make this list, which he's been doing some funny moves, but he's still, I feel like is a, a top tier ADC and to see him not on the list at all is kind of crazy. Well, what you just said though, you said um hundred th- thieves have been underperforming, right? I attribute most of their um, underperformance to the mid and jungle. And then some days had him like a good split. He's been solid, but he hasn't done many carry performances. So I I think one of the reasons why they have been towards the top of the standing while really not having done anything significant is because of their bot lane, specifically FBI and who So I think, I think it's definitely deserved for him to have the second, um, be second team. I think Huhi's another person that maybe got snubbed and could have made it onto the list. It seems like the supports in general have been pretty competitive. I feel like Huhi's um, the only one pulling his weight in this playoff series a little bit. Yeah, but this is regular season, so oh, technically... Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't take into consideration uh, any playoff games. There you go, ignore me. Mm-hmm. Do you have any... Um, are there any players not on the list that you think maybe should have had more consideration or got snubbed? Mm. Maybe maybe Fake God over Hooney. I don't know. I think we're just both big dig fanboys, but I don't think Hooney's been performing that high above him. Um, you think Dardock at all, or you want to replace? Oh wait, Dardock made it. Dardock's on third. That's what oh, I was thinking. Double dig representation. Why not make it? Why not make third all pro? Let's just- go. Yeah, just put Dig as third all pro. Screw everyone else. You know that meme because they're all NA? Dig NA toss? Oh, yeah. We've never mentioned that, but Dig is one of the few only NA rosters. I think the only one. Yeah, God bless their souls. Repping. repping They're purebred. (laughs) Okay, man. You can't say that. (laughs) You're getting canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm donezo. See you never. Okay, so... That was some good discussion. Maybe we can move on to the matches. First match of last weekend, we got to see Team Liquid versus Team Solo Mid. Mm-hmm. I predicted Team Solo Mid would be the victor, and you predicted Team Liquid to be the victor. Did this series kind of go how you thought of it in your mind? Honestly, I saw. I was expecting um, a closer series, I think. Team Liquid just... Besides that third game, and then I think they had a comeback in the first game. Uh, they looked really 
really dominant, I would say. And honestly, they're looking scary for Cloud9. Uh, Alfari, back to form, was really popping off. That Gangplank game versus Rumble. Ooh. And on the other side of that, Hooney, that Rumble, man. <laughs> that wasn't looking great. Well, you... Well, you say you were expecting a closer series, but you just listed two out of the four games that were pretty close. So if Team yeah, Liquid didn't win that first game and Team did. Solo Mid wins it, which I thought they were going to, Team Solo Mid threw that game, then we would have had a five-game series on our hands. I think it was a lot cl- – I would just rewatch the series highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a pretty close series. I think it could have gone – aside from the second game where Team Liquid really stomped them, I thought it was a good series. I think the fourth game where, or the, yeah, the fourth game where, I mean, the second game, Team Liquid stopped them. And then the fourth game, Huni on AP Gragas, not Tank Gragas, just kind of hooped the bed. And sometimes you get those games out of Huni, but yeah. I thought it was a pretty good series. I was content with it. Yeah, I mean, you were saying about Huni, the other side of that Alfari doing great top side is um, Huni had a pretty bad series. I thought you had, like you said, that AP Gragas game where they were against they were against Nar, Udir, TF, Sivir, and Leona. I don't know what possesses you to pick AP Gragas into three tanks, a Spell Shield champion, and then I guess TF. Very weird to me. And then, like I said, the, the Rumble game. So, Huni, uh, you didn't have the best uh, mm. showing this week. Hopefully, you can bring it back next week. That, next week, yeah. That comp also seemed a little bit like a force where TSM had both Rumble and Lucian. Mm-hmm. It seemed like TSM was kind of thinking, oh, we're going to throw some spice into this and throw Team Liquid off guard and pick some, you know, s- switch some things up, give Huni one of his signature champions in Rumble and give Power of Evolution, which... Team Liquid probably wasn't expecting, but I think the way the comps worked out that Team Solomid was just kind of outdrafted and mm-hmm. doesn't matter how well you play at that point. I think they, they might had have like played. zero engage, but what was that? True, yeah. I think they might have outplayed themselves in the draft or uh, in the draft because in my mind, the thinking is you have AP top, so you pick the AD mid, and then it's also good against the Ari, I guess. Um, because of the nature of Lucian, you can dash the charm, and you're an early lane bully. You know, it seems pretty good. But I easily could see them just picking a control mage for PoE and maybe having a lot better game. Um, because Lucian didn't do too hot. He was down two, and then he had a little bit of a comeback. But so I think they were maybe your over- mic's kind of being a little a little staticky right now. Staticky. I hope the yeah. I don't know what it is. Okay. Well. Tell me if it's still static in a minute. But in that comp, they had, they also had Udir and Aphelios and Thresh, and I think that's enough attack damage where you could have gone double AP. To be honest, maybe if he wanted to pick out like a Silas or something, something with a little more engage, um, and just CC and let Aphelios just kind of go to work in team fights. That yeah. could have been a thing. I don't know. I just feel like they they forced the Rumble Illusion a little too hard. For sure, yeah. Uh, I think Aphelios is one of those ADCs that you really like to um to make him like the the center of the team fights, so to say. So like mm-hmm. to have a full AP team, so people are less incentivized to build armor, so you can really pop off in those team fights. You know, it's not the worst idea in the world, I don't think. 
Yeah, the recipe is there. Yeah. And then going on to our next series, Hunter T versus Cloud9. Now I think that was pretty big stomp, to be honest. Yeah. Even the games where the scoreboard looked close, you know, five kills to four, things like that, the gold was still consistently like several thousand in Cloud9's favor, just based off like objective play and towers and um, even just CS discrepancies. So they just kind of got super outclassed, I thought. My, my issue with that series when I'm comparing Team Liquid versus Cloud9 is that Cloud9 looked much better than 100 Thieves, but the overall gameplay level still looked a few steps below Team Solo Mid and Team Liquid. So I don't know if I'm giving that much credit to Cloud9 or if I'm just thinking 100 Thieves was pretty bad. Because like even in the first game, um, Ryoma got caught out a couple times early game. People were walking on wards and 100T wasn't really reacting. Mm-hmm. They seemed like they wanted to, I don't know, it seemed like they didn't have too many layers to their game plan. They just really wanted to team fight and figure it out that way, which, you know, they seemed like a, a, earlier on in the season, Team Solo Mid was kind of doing too much. And that's what, that's the first step they took was just like, all right, guys, we're just going to get back down to the fundamentals. And then as the season progresses, we're going to improve. And that seems like where 100T was at in this series because they don't really have an identity. So they had to go back to step one after they placed, replaced DeMonte with uh, Ryoma. But you can't do that against a team like cloud nine. That's been, you know, progressing over the entire split. But I think there is a chance that they really vamp it up, ramp it up in the next week coming into their next playoffs. And I think even next split with this new roster, they could figure things out once again. Are you surprised that we didn't see DeMonte in that series at all? Even when they were maybe down 2-0, sub DeMonte and see how it goes. I mean, you don't have a lot to lose at that point. Yeah, I think they could have. But I also think I also think this is like management saying to Ryoma, like, hey, like you're our mid lane for the future and we have faith in you and we're going to build on you going forwards. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think subbing in DeMonte changes anything. Because it seemed like from top to bottom, Cloud9 was winning. So rather than kind of hurt Ryoma's mental a little bit, uh, they're they're just like, all right, the ship's the ship's sinking. I'm going down with it. Let's yeah, keep true. Ryoma on it. That's the last time you need your mental to be taking a hit when you're down 2-0 versus Cloud9. But, yeah. Uh, that's funny that you said it. So you don't think DeMonte's ever coming back? Um, I mean, will that maybe is a reason why he wouldn't be coming back. But I think that's one thing that 100 Thieves could do going into next split is they don't really have an identity. And everyone's talking about like, oh, EG can play 1-3-1. Cloud9 can do a lot of different things. Team Solo Mid is this like team fight comp. Dignitas is like this Dardoch does everything in the early game. Aphromu leads them in the late game. I think maybe what 100 Thieves can do is be like, oh, our identity, our identity is we have two mid laners and we can switch things up against the opponent all the time. Yeah, it's not unheard of. Uh, SKT is famous for its ever-shifting 10-man roster. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting, because I, I felt as though Ryoma was was a bit of a stopgap while DeMonte 
like sort of improved his champion pool. Cause I remember reading somewhere that I think Papa Smithy said maybe right when they were replacing him with Rayoma that DeMonte was going to, you know, sit back and practice on his champion pool. So that to me says a little bit, he'd be coming back, but then again, you're sticking so strong with Rayoma all through this series. I don't know. Maybe we never see DeMonte. But that's also kind of like a, it's kind of like a public relations thing. It's yeah, like, kinda- Hey, like our player is terrible and he's underperforming and we want to replace him. But then you just the source, like every little word to make it sound like that. True. I wonder, I'm sure DeMonte could find another team next split or next uh, in summer. I mean, I think it really depends on the meta. Um, they ner- they, what they, in 11.6, they're nerfing um, Seeker's arm guard a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. So the max armor is going from 30 to 15 and you only get 0.5 bonus armor per kill onto minions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be if Riot continues to go to this direction where they're nerfing some of the defensive options for mages, then maybe we see Kiana come back into the meta with a buff or two and champions like that and that's when maybe Demonte can come back into the LCS and have a pretty big, um, not improvement. Oh, an influence over the the game state. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's always a fun player to have in the the league. Tanner time and all. Yeah, for a while it was just him and Pobelter as the two NALCS mids. Like it, the biggest meme for the longest time was Pobelter was the only NALCS mid, and then Demonte has been that one other native player that makes it in the mid lane and um actually got to worlds which is nice to see alongside cody's son but i think maybe his time's up maybe his time isn't all i know is that cloud nine is was very much clearly the better team in that series yeah for sure agreed you want to chat about uh coming games perhaps yeah so do you think so when you're looking at TL versus C9 and the games you saw last weekend, what kind of avenues do you see for either team taking it and who do you ultimately think will take it? So I think Team Liquid is looking superior right now. Uh, Alfari in the top lane, Fudge has been looking good, but he hasn't been having like exactly carry performances unlike Alfari. So maybe even that's a that could be a boon for C9, I guess, if you play like strong weak side, I guess. Like the Scion pick was looking good for C9. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, like I said. And then apparently you don't like Jensen very much. I think he's looking good. So I I call that matchup pretty even. Um maybe you can say Perks has like some crazy late game uh magic in store to uh sort of carry his team. But I think largely you know, they mm. can these champions at an elite level, especially the Oriana are both big, like a contested pick, I would imagine. They both really gravitate that Oriana. Um, Blabber, we love Blabber around here. We always have, always will. But uh, Santorin has upped his game a lot, I thought. He was looking... I don't want to say he's looking on par because he doesn't have that same oomph factor that Blabber has when he's taking over games, 1v9. But... um. Yeah, I think Centaurin's looking solid. You know, he got that second all-pro slot. And then bot lane, I think, is maybe the strongest bot lane in the game right now. Uh, Tactical and George, George JJ. I think 
I I know you're smiling at me. You're not liking it. I just think no. I think it's true. Boo. I think I think Core JJ is so good that it makes up for any funny plays Tactical does because he does these jumps forward. But I can't imagine he keeps jumping forward like that. Right? He's got to stop. He's got to stop eventually. And oh man, I I don't see it. Where where do you see that Tactical and Core JJ have been playing that well? Like what what's going on in your mind? I think mostly it's core JJ, but I, I think tactical is a serviceable player in this circumstance. I don't think he's gonna get stomped. I mean, tactical's good. Yeah. Tactical is good, but I don't think he's eighty gapped like anyone really this season. No, I agree with that, but but do you think Sven is gonna AD gap him? I just don't really see he's picking like Ezreal. Again, I mean, Sven's, Sven's kind of a similar player to Power of Evil, where the lane state generally goes neutral when he's in it, and he powers up towards the late game. Yeah. That's kind of his, been his identity as a player this season. He's turned it around a little bit, because I remember seeing multiple deaths with the Cloud9 bot, bot lane either way. Mm-hmm. But I think if that's the way the game goes... And it's just kind of a farm fest in bot lane. Then I'm taking Sven's positioning and team fights later in the game over tacticals. What, you don't like jumping into three as Tristana with no. Uh... No, I actually love it. I, I think it's exciting to watch when he does these risky moves. Yeah. But I just think too uh, I mean, he looked. He, it looks more. He had the same, like. He's been more of a risk taker this season. And he kind of had the same style against TSM. But it feels a little more refined. It, it, it felt a little more refined. Like he was taking these risky jumps. And instead of it working out maybe one out of every three times, it was working out like one out of every two times. So. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think. There's that. I remember hearing uh, last week, I think, from, I don't remember, someone on the broadcast, how the coach of Team Liquid had, or that's Jet, actually. I said it like that, but Jet. Uh, said that they were like they were actively telling Core JJ or uh, Tactical to like not own his aggression down because they want him to be an aggressive player. So actually, now that I remember that, maybe he's going to keep jumping in like that. <laughs> no, but that's like an interesting idea, I think, because you don't see that so often in NALCS that we have these like really aggressive AD carries. I feel like mostly it's on the supports to. To bring home the bacon, as they say. But uh, another thing you said was uh, Fudge didn't. You thought I thought Fudge top gapped someday last series. To be honest, I think he looks much improved. If you're comparing like this playoffs versus the Lockin tournament, um, I think someday in Alfari completely had his card. But mm-hmm. this past week, it looked like someday was either neutralized or even doing worse against. Fudge, maybe that's see like that. Maybe we're seeing Fudge's improvement, or we're seeing Hunter T's mental collapse. Maybe it's one or the other. Someday seems like he's a pretty, he's kind of like impact, where he's the stoic guy that will always do his part. But I don't know. Fudge looks good in my mind. Yeah, are you thinking of where he is one two and one on Scion against the one and oh Aatrox, and he beats Yeah, he beats him down. It's like 100 to zero, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
But I think um, I agree that he gapped someday a little bit, but I also think someday hasn't been looking as great as he has in previous seasons. Uh, and Alfari, I think, is just climaxing. So I don't uh, – I mean, I, I also think Team Liquid's going to win it. Uh, I don't know. That's what, It's going to be a really tough series to call. Because, like, 100 Thieves' opponent was – I mean, Cloud9's opponent isn't really comparable to Team Liquid's opponent. I thought TSM was a lot, much better team than 100 Thieves. So it's hard to call. Yeah, it's kind of funny because looking, like, player by player, I do find myself, like, favoring a good amount of C9's players. But then, I don't know, yeah. as a whole, I feel like – Team Liquid has this like team fight and team play down so so well, but I do yeah. think I think Jensen did look a lot better last last playoffs mm-hmm. or this this past series. He's he's he looked good on Ari, like his Ari this playoffs versus when he whipped it out the final week of NALCS. Two completely different Aries, in my opinion. Yeah, I I was shocked to see Ari in um, pro play when he first picked it. But, I mean, it, he made a strong case for it, I thought, in this series. Uh, that Everfrost build looks super frustrating to play against. I'm glad I don't mm-hmm. play against in solo queue that much. But, yeah, like I'm you said... I'm pretty sure the reason why Ari came back is because they buffed the W move speed and Ever, the new Everfrost buff. Uh, so Everfrost also got buffed, which is pretty good on Ari. I watched... Um, what's his name? Do you know the YouTuber that, like looks at different people from like overseas and analyzes like the one tricks just talks about them. What's uh, his name? Dong-wop. You can keep talking and I'll go. Look it's Dong-wop, I think, but yeah, Dong Hwap. No, no. Are you sure? I think it is. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just move us on to EG versus TSM. Talk a little bit about what I think. I like, uh, I actually, I actually like EG's chances in this one. Um, so they're coming in as the loser's bracket seed, but I think Impact has been looking like a like a strong son of a mama in that top lane, someone I can be proud of. And I think Jazuke, if he has enough funny like one v one three one enabling picks, like that Echo, maybe we see if something else he's been hiding. I hope he's got some secret sauce for us. Then I can really see EG taking this one. But uh, okay, it's mid beast. Mid beast, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should go watch his. Um, a couple weeks ago, he released one on Ari that I watched, and it made a lot of sense. You're kind of just passive in the early game. You just want to push and then look for good roams. And if you land your E, constant. I don't know. It was, it was a good. It was a good game. But you were talking well, about it, the what? Yeah, go on. Well, just I can imagine it being. Being deadly, like with the three charge ultimate in team fights, like soloing out uh, key members, landing, getting into like position to land that charm. One one of his main points was that in the past, Ari was meta for a long time in League of Legends, but she used to be played like an assassin, and now you have to play her more like a utility mage, where you're kind of supporting your team and looking for good charms. Um, and just kind of being a nuisance and speeding all over the place um, for the majority of the game. And then, because you don't have the damage, she doesn't have the damage output that she used to with uh, Deathfire Grasp. 
one of the old items that was pretty essential on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with Everfrost, now you're more of like utility, like you're charming people, you're stunning them in place, you're assisting your other carries. So. Yeah, very utility based. And then you were talking about EG versus Team Solomon. Yeah, um, so I really like Impact versus Huni. I think Impact, if he gets like some of his powerful champs, like uh, that Renekton, I think he can win the lane. I think if he gets like, um, if. Huni picks some some aggressive pick. He can well neutralize it. You know that's what he's famous for. And then, yeah, I think that for some reason I feel really strongly about top lane in these playoffs. I feel like it's a really in a really powerful spot. Um, these picks like Renekton, uh, Camille, Gragas, uh, not so much Gragas, but yeah, I feel like he can really do a lot. So when I'm looking at the top lane for this series. Last week, I was kind of thinking that if Team Liquid was going to beat Team Solo mid, it was going to be through top aggression, and they were going to kind of snowball the game through that way. It ended up looking like a much more evenly matched game where um, both teams had different avenues to win. But the two games that Team Liquid did stomp, it was um, when Huni had bad games in the top lane. But I also don't think it was so much of Huni's fault that he did bad. I think it was more of a drafting mistake. So I think if Team Solo Mid can get decent drafts and they're not picking like AP Gragas into Nar and Nar gets ahead and just uh, boofs all over him, then I think that can be neutralized. And I and like Lost looked good. Spika still looked fine. Um, I'm expecting the uh, Udir priority to drop down a little bit. That was a really highly contested, like Team Soul Mid kept picking Udir in the last series, and it didn't seem like it had that much impact over the game when you're comparing it to other picks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I favor T- Team Soul Mid in this in this matchup, but like just a, just a week ago they played, and uh, Evil Geniuses picked out the Echo and. Jizuke looked really good on it, and they just kind of took over the game through 1-3-1, which I can see EG doing at least once in this series, but I don't know if they can do it three times. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just thinking. Maybe Echo against these like passive mages in mid lane does some work, just like it did then. Um, but yeah, moving on from, uh, from that mid lane, I think bot lane is in favor of EG. I think lost, although he wasn't looking like a total liability towards the end of the season. No, he was looking okay. Top five, maybe. Uh, I think definitely has had some really bright moments this season. Um, similar to FBI. I think of them similarly in my head. In fact, sometimes I have trouble uh, distinguishing between the two. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think they have the edge in the bot lane matchup. Him and Ignar, I think, are better than Lost and Sword Art. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think Ignar is a, a really good player, and I think, you know, definitely is all right. He's kind of just there and does his job, which is kind of what Lost does for team, team Solo Mid. But my biggest thing isn't really the head-to-head matchups, even though I think I give Team Solo Mid um, the head-to-head in the majority of the time. I just think it's just the whole team chemistry. Um that team Solomid just looks a lot more refined and like they, they take more calculated risk. It's 
risks. It seems like evil geniuses coin flips a lot, which is kind of their play style. And in a five game series, when you have one team that consistently takes 70, 30 fights in the other team that consistently takes 55 to 45 fights, you do the math. And it favors TSM, right? <laughs> Come on, man. I don't think they're 30 70. <laughs> I, Maybe 60 40. 60 40. I feel a little bit better about that. 70 30. Actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was going to say that's straight trolling, but those some of those Jazuke plays, maybe you're onto something. They're taking those 70 30s. Or I'm just saying, like, when, you're, when the game's progressing and, like, Team Solomon's like, all right, we have this probability of this working out. Let's take it. You know, like they they have a clear like idea of what it could look like and what what it couldn't look like if it goes wrong. And I think when Evil Geniuses is taking fights, I think they're like, oh, this looks like a decent fight. Let's just do it. So, you know, that's kind of the unpredictable when when you're trying. You're also trying to calculate your opponent's moves. And sometimes that can be a benefit to uh, Evil Geniuses if Team Solomid just doesn't know what they're going to do ever. Because they don't even know what they're going to do. So how can your opponent know what you're going to do when you don't know what you're going to do? True. But, <laughs> the yeah. only place I see... The only place I see TSM having a big advantage is in the jungle. I think we've both been pretty critical of Sven Skarin this season. And Spika is quickly growing to become like one of the best junglers in night, I would say. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. So maybe maybe that's where I see TSM taking the dub. Or I shouldn't say that harshly. I can see TSM taking the dub pretty easily. Um, but I want to hope for UG. And so I'm playing up those shots. I think you're right. Jungle is just such an influential, influential uh, lane that, you know, when your jungler is underperforming, it's not great. I do think Power of Evil, for how good he is, this is one of the laners that, um, Jizuke might perform better into because Power of Evil isn't someone that will dominate you in the in the lane. And when Jizuke is picking like an Echo or um, a melee ranged champion that they can later go into a one three one with, if it's not getting punished early, then then it starts to favor the uh, split push comp a lot towards the mid game, which Jizuke has shown year after year that he can. Even at Worlds against Chinese and Korean teams and the best of the best, he's he's shown that he can play these uh, the split push style to a T. So if Svenskaren gets a playoff buff, then I could see Evil Geniuses taking it. Maybe it looks closer than I'm about to predict, but I think it's going to be, let's say, 3-1 TSM, and that one loss is just kind of a 1-3-1 stomp by... Evil geniuses. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I go on the flip side of the coin. I think I think I go with three one eg. I was heavily debating the three two. Well, because here, hear me out. I'm heavily debating awesome. the three two. But I feel like if TM TSM goes down two games, I don't know if they have the the mental fortitude to come back up that second one. Um, you think they're going to go down 0-2? I think that's the way they go down if they go down. Because I feel like they, EG, maybe plays a weird style, weird champion, something like that, throws TSM off, and then they they might be tilted 
uh, the rest of the series? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I I see it in my mind. I just think Evil Geniuses still doesn't know what they're doing too often of the time. And I think over five games, I think TSM is just going to improve over the course of the series. And I think Evil Geniuses is just going to kind of like stagnate. Yeah. I mean, we also uh, haven't seen Evil Geniuses in a couple of weeks, so who knows what kind of form they're in at this point. They do you kind of when, when that happens, do you favor the team that gets in that extra uh, playoff series of practice, or do you favor the team that gets in, to watch them without showing their tactics? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I have to favor the team who gets to watch. I think the combination of having that two weeks to – like maybe prepare secret picks because that's more than enough time to to pick up like a champion or two, you know? Mm. Uh, and like you said, also see the tactics of the enemy team. Like maybe you see, yeah, Huni really had some problems when he was forced on to uh, like the, the, the Rumble or the Gragas. And maybe you ban out champions to facilitate that. So I think, I think that overweighs the... Um, like the extra practice mm-hmm. because they get like, definitely, yeah, definitely when there's like a one game sample size, I can see why trying to prepare for um, what happens in a single game, maybe the week after isn't the best idea because like uh, maybe it's just an off game. Mm-hmm. Um, once you increase to five games, you can do that a little more. But also, Huni just could have had an off day. Like, we don't know. Maybe he, he didn't sleep well the night before. So when that happens and you prepare for, like, oh, this person's struggling, but really they just got two hours of sleep and they had to have, like, three coffees that morning. Um, and then they come in the week after and Huni's all well-rested and they have all these preparations to target him. And he's like, nope, holla, holla, holla. And he then Evil Geniuses shoots himself in the foot. <laughs> Yeah, they prank themselves. But I but I agree with you. I think obviously any team that can play two two series before they get eliminated would take that option. But when you do lose that first series in the upper bracket and you have to go to the lower bracket, um the other team just has more information on you. So yeah. I think it's I think it favors them uh when they're when they're planning and strategizing. All right, and then you want to you want to recap Dig 100 Thieves real quick? Yeah. Real, real quick? So I think uh, I'm going to go with Dignitas just because I think they kind of slowed down towards the end of the regular season. They were a team that like increased really fast towards like the start to middle. And we have to remember that the regular season was only like five or six weeks long. Mm-hmm. So when you have an off week, it's not really indicative of how strong your team is. I think um dignitas i don't know it seems like they they have a good they're good at um i think their film review has been good uh, i think they're good at identifying weaknesses and capitalizing on strengths and i think 100 thieves maybe if they didn't have that cloud nine series um they would come into this with a better shot but i think their mental is just going to be kaput a little bit during this series yeah i i agree i wouldn't put any money on the 100 thieves train I mean, they were already looking kind of broken before playoffs, and then they get beat in such convincing fashion. I can't imagine they're feeling good. And then, 
Dignitas, I feel like, is on top of the world right now. You know, they get to face – they must be feeling so confident. They get to face the busted 100 Thieves team. <laughs> they've had such like a standout performance that no one expected. I would imagine their mental is fantastic right now. And then when you even mm-hmm. look at the players, they've been performing better. I just think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Finally agree. And Dignitas. Dignitas is the underdog. They have nothing to lose. I do think that maybe I, – like part of me thinks that like Dardoch has turned around the train and he's a good teammate and he's a good leader now. But part of me is also like – Damn, they really looked bad the last the last weekend of uh, the the regular split, and I'm like, mm. it's like fake god maybe entered one too many times for for Dardoch's liking, <laughs> you know. He's gonna oh, what's it called? Whatever. I was trying to remember the documentary that Team Liquid put out. Oh no, it wasn't the Team Liquid put out? Yeah, they put oh, it yeah. out. After Dardock, oh, the, the manifest, the Dunzo manifesto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that like, happened for for CLG Link back in the day too. I didn't even watch that. Was it was it a good watch? It was a good. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like really they went really deep into their own team. Like they looked pretty bad, and they just showed all of it. It was very. I mean, that's kind of awesome though. Yeah, I know. I liked it for sure. But I do. Th- I think Dardock's turned it around. I think Afro is kind of. I, don't know, I think Dardock is kind of like, yo, this is my last chance. Like, I can't blow this. If I'm a bad teammate again, no. Abs- Everyone says the season after season, like, no one's going to want Dardock after this season. And now he's finally back. So, honestly, I thought when he was on TSM, that was his last straw. But I guess not. Me too. But then but, Dignitas acquired him in the offseason and was like, we got our guy, like the first announcement of the split. Like, let's go. It's like, all right, Dignitas, settle down. You got Dardoch, congrats. <laughs> yeah, but like Fake God versus Someday, like we've been saying, they've been Fake God has been looking good. Someday's been looking, I would say, probably equal. I don't think he's been looking too hot, but he has his moments. Jungle, um, Closer's been looking pretty shoddy recently, whereas Dardoch, man of the show, star of the show. He's doing it all. He's juggling while ganking while securing dragons. Incredible. Soligo versus Ryoma, I think, is done and dusted. Even if Soligo still kind of has a dirty name in our mind from when he was first here, I think he's shown enough improvement that he's at least better than Ryoma. And then you have Neo and Aphromu, who I really like, who you seem to really like, versus um, FBI and Huhi, which we think is a bright point. But um, I put them honestly probably equal right now, those two bottom. I think I think I could see FBI and Huhi taking over the game through bot lane um, during the lane state, but Neo is a really good Neo and Aphromoo are both really good mid game carries. Yeah. Like so two, if I want to say I favor, I think it's going to go three two to Dignitas, but I definitely think there's if Dardoch kind of gets shut down early and closer. Um, can get early dragon control, which he seems he's pretty good at, and then convert that to a bot lane lead with Huhi through dives, and then kind of swing that up through top lane and mid lane to take over the game that way. But that's going to, I think for that to happen, like picks like Caitlyn would be good for FBI, like a Caitlyn Morgana type of lane. And if you can demolish Dig through the lane phase, that's good. But then you have Dardoch on the other hand, who's, willing to pull out champions like the cane and when you have assassin 
uh, Kane, you can just kind of dive in and take out someone like a Caitlin. And he just has so many champion picks that maybe he has the answer to that. But I think that could be an, an avenue that 100 Thieves looks at for this upcoming series. Yeah, I give it to them. It sounds like I actually favor them more than you do. I see it 3-1 to 3-0. For Dignitas? Yeah, for Dig. I think so. I think 100 Thieves is just so broken at this point. There's just no way. I don't know. I just, I'm giving them some credit because they were against Cloud9. Mm-hmm. Who is a really good team? You're giving and them they that. have an extra week of practice with Ryoma, so maybe they add another layer to their, to hey, their toolkit. You're a good guy. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> hey, I'm a good guy. Um, but yeah, so you were talking last week about eleven point six. So that's not happening for this playoffs. But some other notable patch changes are. Akali's getting buffed a lot. She's going to be met again or at least see some pro play. Mm-hmm. Um, Xin Zhao's getting some buffs. Definitely won't push him into pro, but could see him in the jungle. Um, Volibear is getting some buffs. Uh, we could see him in pro play. He was really big in China as a flex pick between top and jungle. He's mainly getting buffed in the uh, jungle department, I believe. Let me go check. Yeah, his... Healing from wounded monsters. Um, so his W, um, he heals from monsters, and it used and it got halved. I think it got nerfed, and now his E, the little like circle thing that comes down, deals more damage at all ranks. Mm-hmm. So those are some buffs that can maybe push him into games here and there. And then the buff that I liked the most was. 200 gold off from Rabadon's it used to cost 3,800, now it costs 3,600. I think throughout the game state, you really can't get Rabadon's as your second item. Like whenever I'm playing Shaco, for example, I don't know too much about other champs, but this is how I always felt. You can't really get Rabadon's as your second item. So, because you get your, your legendary one, then you want to get either like Zonia's or like uh, Morello or the Void Staff. The, uh, the, the magic penetration one is your second because then you get a buff from your legendary items unique passive and those are just gold efficient items yeah. and then after that is kind of when you look at rabidons if you need a lot of damage output but then you need two large rods which is really hard just to build path because it's cost 1250 so like you might get one large rod and then you have like 900 gold on a back towards like a, a late game fight and you can't purchase that extra large rod so you just kind of sit on it and then you get that large rod and then you get back and it's Rabadon's is still so expensive that I think maybe taking 200 off of um, the final build path could maybe we see more Rabadon's death cap because it's an, it's an item I've always liked. It's just a boatload of AP. So that's my favorite change. Yeah. I feel like it's not being built as much this season with um, other strong options like um the verdant barrier stuff like that stuff you're sinking gold into like before you get to that rabbitons point which makes it come later in the game which you know usually don't hit um one thing i'm thinking of zin zhao i've seen a lot of him recently and he's been busting mm-hmm. chops with that super long w range i forgot it was happening and he ganked me and i was like oh i'm safe there's nothing you can do and then he went from 10 miles away and he busted my ass down so Nice. I love when you make Zinzao broken. As an ADC, that's going to yeah. be great. 
It went up. His thrust range went from 900 to 1,000. And I'm pretty sure dash is like 200 units. So it's like half of a dash extra. Yeah. So probably Zin Zhao in your games. Um, yeah, that's all for me. I hope to see you guys next weekend. Next week. <laughs> I hope. I hope I make it. <laughs> you have anything else? Nah, I'm good. Thanks All right, well, this has been Double Buffs, Episode 8. Hell yeah. See you guys next week on Thursdays, and we're out.